Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the wonderful wide world of Nintendo. I am your host, Michael Solo Rivette. And as you can probably hear from the fact that I'm doing the introduction, I do not have my partner in crime with me. Peanut butter to my jelly is missing. He is out just traveling the world. We don't even know where he's kind of like Carmen Sandiego. We're never really sure where or when James Montemagno is going to show up, but he is missing this week. So if you would like why not shoot him a little tweet? Say, hey, bud, we missed you on the podcast. I know I will be for sure. But what that does mean is that we can jump right into the news. And there's a lot to go over this week. Now, first up, we are going to talk about the Nintendo Switch Online NES library. So every month, Nintendo puts out some new games. And this month is no different. The past couple, I think they've put out two. Well, this month we're getting back to the usual three. We get Super Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels, which in Japan, this was actually just Super Mario Brothers 2, but apparently it was considered too difficult for us. And they gave us a different version and The Lost Levels got lost. They were taken away from us. Now we get to play it. Now, I definitely have seen The Lost Levels before. I can't remember what came out that had the Lost Levels, but they they have released here, and I have played them. Apparently, they're sort of a crazy um, mashup. It's almost like if you did Super Mario Maker and somebody just uploaded some ridiculous levels, that's what we would be getting. So that's kind of cool. Then we also get Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream. Now, if you're like me, you remember Punch-Out featuring Mike Tyson, and apparently that has... I, I honestly... I don't really remember Punch-Out too much other than Mike Tyson was the boss battle in the end. But apparently that version of it hasn't seen official release since the 80s. It's been taken off when when Tyson was going through all of his issues that he was going through. uh, And they replaced him with Mr. Dream, which I guess is sort of just this like generic boss battle at the end. All the same moves, all of the same everything. They just swapped out the sprite and now you have Mr. Dream. So that has been the version everybody has gotten since basically the 80s. So that's what we're getting now. And then the last one is Star Soldier. Now this was probably one I know my buddy would have loved. It's a shmup. And it was like the one and only. It was the first time I guess it came out. It was like a big thing for everybody. Star Soldier. I've never played it. This may be my opportunity to go at it but i think punch out featuring mr dream and super mario brothers the lost levels are going to be the ones that i'm most excited for now the next thing up this is kind of cool i had no idea this was happening i had no idea we were getting this but it's the new dragon quest movie now unfortunately this is only coming to japan and it's going to be released in august but we just got a full trailer for it and it looks really really good it actually it's animated it's not a live action movie but it's very similar uh character styles to the the later games that are coming out i i don't know if i it's they're animated but they're kind of cutesy and soft looking characters i guess is the best way to put it um this is more of that they kind of have that very similar appeal they also if you wanted a slime there was a slime in it for sure it's it's cool because it's sort of translucent. It looks like what you would envision it looking like. It's it's really, really 
good. There in unfortunately is no word about us getting this here in the States. I'm hoping that we will at least get a subtitled version for download or purchase or something. I can't see it coming out in theaters just because I don't think there's just that big of a demand for it. But with with Pokemon movie, maybe maybe that could change. I don't know. We've talked about this in the past. I've always had a soft spot for these Dragon Quest games. I grew up with Dragon Warrior 2. That's actually what it was called here, I believe. And then Dragon Quest is sort of what everybody knows it as. But Dragon Warrior 2 was something I played on the NES. And I remember that it didn't, the save didn't work in it. So what I had to do was I had to, first off, I had to jam the game in there and then jam another game on top of it to hold it down. And if I turned it off or the power went out or anything happened, that game just deleted my save. So what I would do is just leave my Nintendo on for you know hours and hours, 80 hours, weekends, weeks. Whenever I could play, I would run back and hopefully my game wasn't turned off. I had never been able to finish it though because for whatever reason, something happened and my my character got deleted. Uh, this was a fantastic, fantastic experience for me. This was sort of the introduction to RPGs and this idea of what these games could be. And it's funny because a lot of people said that Dragon Warrior 2, in as opposed to Dragon Warrior 1, was maybe not as good. It did introduce a lot of other stuff, but the game was just so big and so um, like the map was quadruple the size and there was just no clear direction. So a lot of the times you're spent wandering around, but for me, that was, that was part of the appeal. So I'm really happy to see that there's a dragon quest movie coming out. And if we do get a subtitled version, I, I would be all for that. I would absolutely love it actually. Now, this is something I know Mots would have really enjoyed. We got more, Labo VR news this week. They made an announcement that Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild will have Labo VR support. This is something actually we just talked about a couple of weeks ago. We said, you know, why are they coming out with these weird mini games when they have this IP that they could be showing, that they could be using? You know, you have Mario, you have Zelda. Why are you giving me mini games when you have those games? Well, now we get support for it. Now we actually get to play somehow, some way VR for these games. What ha- what it seems to be is it's going to be a free software update. You have to have the game, obviously. You either have to have Super Mario Odyssey or you have to have Zelda Breath of the Wild and you have to have the VR goggles. So, you know, it's not something that's built into the software that's going to be part of the VR goggles. You have to have the games. If it's Super Mario Odyssey, the way they're saying it is join Mario for a bite-sized bonus experience in simple, family-friendly VR. Revisit the cat, seaside, and Luncheon Kingdoms in three new mini missions. So that's that's kind of interesting. I mean, you're you're obviously not playing the game this way, right? Because you're joining Mario for bite-sized bonus experience. So these are some little mini games again, but it's still using Mario IP, which is which is good. That's how it should be. Family-friendly VR. I don't know. I it's cool. I mean, it's interesting. Um 
I'll be interested to see what we get with that. And as far as Zelda goes, now Zelda seems to be taking a, a different turn. Uh, the way they explain it is enjoy this epic adventure like never before. Turning the feature on and off is a snap. The vast kingdom of Hyrule awaits. So apparently you can toggle on whether or not you want to use the VR option. And from what it seems is you can play the entire game in the VR headset. I don't know who wants to play a game like this for a hundred. I know I've got a hundred hours on uh, Zelda and I don't want to be holding it up to my head for a hundred hours. I don't know who's going to play Zelda that way. I think that sounds silly to me, but if that's what you wanted, you now have the opportunity. So there you have it. And this is all happening April 25th. That's when the updates will be coming out. Now, in addition to that, Labo has won some BAFTA awards. Now, anybody that's not familiar, British Academy of Film and Television Arts, BAFTA. They won for the best family and best game intervention or innovation, excuse me, which I guess I can understand that family. It was up against Lego Disney Pixar's The Incredibles, Overcooked 2, which is a fantastic game, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, Super Mario Party, and Yoku's Island Express. The only one I would think may have been a better fit would have probably Super Mario Party. I just feel like that's probably a better a family game i don't know but maybe they're considering you're all getting together you're building these these you know cardboard things and then you're maybe playing together I, I, okay as far as game innovation i absolutely would give that to nintendo labo i th i do think even though it's not for me i do think the labo is is a very innovative game slash product um so i can give them credit for that now, as far as Nintendo's mobile game goes, apparently they're still crushing it. They made 85 million during the first quarter of 2019. Uh, this is according to Sensor Tower Store Intelligence. And in the first quarter, it's their third best period for mobile gaming revenue to date. So that's they're, they're still growing. They're still doing an amazing job. They did 85 million worldwide across Google Play and the App Store. This is 6% increase year to year, but they are still behind the fourth quarter of 2018, where they did 112.3 million, and the first quarter of 2017, where they did 106.6 million. So it is the third, but I don't think they're going to be complaining with 85 million, though. That's kind of a drastic drop compared to those other heavy hitters. Uh, Fire Emblem is still number one. There, there's no surprise there. That seems to be just crushing it always when it comes to the mobile games. They did an estimated total of $46.6 million, which is a 30% decrease compared to the game's first quarter earnings in 2018. Um, but they did 66.2. So I, I, 
you know, they're losing, but Drag Dragalia loss actually did worse. They suffered a 55% decrease in revenue in the fourth quarter of 2018, earning at roughly 23.4. That's not a surprise to me. I've stopped playing it as well. I was really, really enjoying uh, Dragalia Lost in the beginning, but as the events started to happen more and more, you started to realize that it's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. The stories are very, very similar. The actions are extremely similar. There's no new gameplay. Nothing changes, really. You're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And ultimately, it's just not enough for me to want to jump on there just to get another dragon or get another playable character because it's not going anywhere. Nothing's evolving. Nothing. Nothing's changing. So... I, I can see why the numbers are starting to fall off. People are sick of the gameplay. There's nothing happening. Uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp had a little bit of a rebound. It was kind of dropping off for a little bit, and then it spiked. I think this is probably because they were doing a lot of crossover events, if I remember correctly. Uh, for their first quarter of 2019, the gross revenue worldwide was 12.9. This is a 30% increase year over year when compared to the 9.9 million it made in 2018. And then in last place is Super Mario Run. This made up only 3% of Nintendo's total mobile revenue with approximately 20 or excuse me 2.3 million in the most recent quarter. I'm not I'm not shocked by that. Super Mario Run is a one-time purchase game. It's not like Fire Emblem Heroes or Dragalia Lost and probably Animal Crossing, even though I'm, I'm not a huge Animal Crossing Pocket Camp fan. Those other games have a lot of in-game purchases. They have a lot that keeps pushing those games forward. Super Mario Run, you essentially buy it and then you have it and then that is it. So I can see why those games are not making a lot of money. There's nothing, no reason to keep coming back. You own it already. Now, in some bad news, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are all under investigation over their online gaming services. Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are being looked at by the Competition and Markets Authority, which has the power to enforce competition and consumer law. They say they are concerned about whether some of these companies' business practices are legal, such as their use of auto renewals for online gaming contracts, their cancellation and refund policies, as well as their terms and conditions. So basically, the emphasis is that they're looking at the auto renewal for their online services. So you pay into Nintendo Online at the end of the year, they just charge you again for the next year. Is that unlawful? Is that wrong? Is it too hard to get out of the plan once you're in the plan? I, I personally don't think I have a problem with it. But Andrea Caselli, chief executive of CMA, has said, our investigation will look into whether the biggest online gaming companies are being fair with their customers when they automatically renew their contracts and whether people can easily cancel or get a refund. Should we find that the firms aren't treating people fairly under consumer protection law, we are fully prepared to take action. And the last that we know, the CMA says that they have written the three companies requesting more information about the contracts with, quote, to help them better understand their practices. So 
it seems like to me, I, and I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if this is something where somebody was complaining that they were getting charged unfairly. If this CMA just said, you know what, we're going to look into this. This is probably a worthy cause for us. I really don't understand how this came to be. I don't understand why this is a problem. I know personally, I would almost be more put out if it didn't auto renew. I don't want to have to worry about that. If I jump on my Xbox or I jump on my Nintendo and I want to play online, I would be kind of annoyed if for whatever reason I forgot to pay it and now I have to go about doing that for the five minutes it takes. I just don't want to. So I don't know who's complaining about the fact that these have auto renewals, but I can understand what they're saying where if it if it's happening and it seems uh, maybe shady or that when you decide you don't want it to auto renew anymore, maybe it's difficult to get out of it. I can understand that, I guess, I guess, but in general, I'm okay with it. I, I would rather have auto renewal on because I forget. So now jumping into the game news, we actually have one article, which I'm personally excited for because I have been on the fence about this game for a while now. And the fact that we're getting an update to it, it may change my mind. It may push me to, to buying it. And the news is that Civilization 6 now has cross-platform cloud saves between Switch and Steam. So meaning you can be playing Civ 6 on your PC. You decide to save it. You can pick up your Switch and play right from where you left off. So I think that's fantastic. The console version is missing some of the expansions that Civ 6 was uh, uh, had. Not even to mention mods. If you're playing with mods or you're playing with these expansions, you cannot use it on the Switch. It has to be the vanilla version of Civ 6 to play on the Switch. Now, that's not to say um, we're not getting those mods or those expansions on the switch. And in fact, on a Reddit uh, AMA, I believe the developers were asked and they said that it's something they're working on. So I do think it's going to happen. We just don't, don't have it yet. So it's something to think about. But in order to use it, in order to have these saves, you simply have to connect your 2K account. Um, then you then you hit the little multi-platform cloud save box that's in the options and you're good to go. The feature's been enabled and now you have cross-play or cross-place saves, I guess, cross-platform saves. The one thing I will wonder about is, I, I guess in, essentially you would have to buy two versions of this game, which I don't know if I love Civilization enough to buy two $60 games just so I can play it whenever and wherever I want. I think I would just buy the Switch version um, and then be happy with that. I don't know who's buying it on both. Maybe you've already had it on PC or you got it on, you know, like a Steam sale or something, and then you went back and bought it on your Switch. But it, the options there, if that pertains to you, I think it's still great. I think all games should have this, but I would personally would rather just buy it in one place and be able to play it in both. Now, some new accessories that are coming out. This is actually really, really exciting. And this is on that Mots probably would be very excited about given his current microphone headset situation he's got going on when we play Fortnite. He can't even, you can hear me, but he doesn't, I can't hear him. His microphone doesn't work for whatever reason. But the gaming accessory maker PDP is actually coming out with a new controller that has built-in chat support. It's going to be called the PDP Face Off Deluxe Plus. 
uh, and it features support for Vivox's integrated in-game chat. Now, that's a that's a key phrase right there because that doesn't mean it will work on every game. It means that it will work on games like Fortnite, and I believe um, Paladins is going to support Vivox. Essentially, anybody could build Vivox into their game, but right now, I think Fortnite is one of the only big ones that has it. So this controller has a is a wired gamepad, you know, unlike the wireless pro controller, it's a wired gamepad that has a standard 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on the bottom with audio um, settings that are built into it. So you can control the audio as well as plug your headphones right in. Think about, you know, any other controller, really. I mean, Xbox controller, I know myself, you just plug your headset in and there you go. It's very gonna, it's going to be very similar to that. Now, this will come with a red camo or a purple camo option, but the face off deluxe that's in the name is referring to the fact that you can change out the face plates, and apparently they have an entire uh, face off line. So presumably, there's there's probably a, a whole bunch of these different plates you can put on and customize it however you like. The cost is twenty five dollars, which I think is that's a steal. I'm a, I'm guessing there's no rumble built into it. I really don't know. It, it seems pretty inexpensive. Um, I mean, obviously it's wired, but I think it's probably lacking the rumble. My guess for 25 bucks. The pre-orders will begin in May and it's going to be hitting shelves in June. Now, the other little accessory or product that's coming out and I think is is great. I'm a big fan of Christmas. And as it turns out, Hallmark is making a new round of Mario ornaments. I like to buy an ornament or at least try to buy an ornament every year um, to expand and to just put on the tree and to kind of remember that year. And maybe this year it's going to be a new Mario one. I have no idea. They're doing four new Mario ornaments coming out this year. Princess Peach and Bowser are going to be coming out in July 13th. Nothing says Christmas like July. Uh, and then you're going to get Mario and Piranha Plant in October 5th. All of these, each one will be $18. So for that, I think you probably will just pick out the one you really want and go with it. I, I, I'm not spending that much money on all these different ornaments, but I haven't seen them yet. We'll see how they look, and maybe that's something that uh pick up. Maybe it's a gift. Maybe don't tell Mots. Maybe that's a Christmas gift. I don't know. So let's get to the rumor mail. Now, you know, we're not huge fans of these rumors, but I'm sure people have been talking. There's been some Best Buy leaks this week, and one of them is saying that Persona 5, Metroid Prime Trilogy, trilogy and the legend of zelda a link to the past is all in the best buy um i don't know computer software so that they have upc numbers they have information there so when they come out best buy can just put them on the shelves i don't know if that means they're actually going to exist if best buy knows something somebody else doesn't my guess personally is that it's saying there's a lot of rumors, especially with Joker from Persona 5 coming out in Smash Brothers, that everybody's been saying, oh my goodness, Persona 5 must be coming out on the Switch. In addition to that, we already know Metroid Prime Trilogy is out there. People have talked about it. It was actually spotted on a Swedish retailer website last September and then again in March. So 
there's 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 uh, smoke, a lot of smoke there. And then lastly, we already know that in addition to Link's Awakening, Nintendo had been saying there's other Nintendo or Zelda stuff coming out. Now, we did find out that Cadence of Hyrule, Crypto the Necrodancer was coming out. That's going to have Link and Zelda in it. Um, but this could be the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That could also be a part of it. So all of these these rumors or these these games showing up on Best Buy do kind of make sense, but that could also be why they Best Buy put them in their system because they could be thinking to themselves, we know that there's a lot of smoke. There's bound to be fire for Persona 5 and the Metroid Prime Trilogy and maybe even a link to the past. So why don't we just build in to our system placeholders for now? And then that way when it happens, we just put in the artwork and fill in the, you know, UPC numbers or whatever they've got to do. I don't know if it necessarily points to these games existing. I just think Best Buy is preparing for them. So we will see, but I think they're pretty strong guesses. Maybe A Link to the Past is the weakest of the three, but I do believe the others exist. I think we will be getting some form of those. Now for the Fortnite supply drop, whoa, 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 whoa. We've got the new 8.20 update. And what did that bring to Fortnite this year or this this week is the boom bow. This is basically an explosive bow and arrow. You can shoot an arrow at somebody and if you hit them, they're going to blow up essentially. It's going to use shotgun ammo, so you have to find some shotgun ammo if you want to if you want to do it. And it's actually really interesting because the harder you press down on the trigger, the farther it shoots. So if you're just like pull real quick and let go it's just gonna kind of like like flop out it's not gonna go anywhere but if you hold it for a maximum of 1.6 seconds that's that's the longest you can hold it that's the maximum charge it'll go its full distance and then hopefully you get a direct hit and then it explodes and you win you get you get a, a you get to win the game i have not even found the boom bow myself i don't even know where they are i haven't found any yet apparently they're getting very stingy with the the weapons in the game because i'm not finding anything and then also with 8.20 we get the limited time sniper shootout mode which uh, last I checked, it was still there. It may be off today. I'm not entirely sure, but this is snipers only. So if you're a fan of snipers, which I love snipers, um, this is the mode for you. Now, there is another big thing coming to Fortnite. So it's a bonus Fortnite supply drop. We are getting reboot vans. So if you are familiar with Apex Legends, you know that if you're playing on a squad and one of the squad members dies you can pick up their banner and you run to one of these um beacons and you can basically respawn them well we are now getting that ability in fortnite so if you're playing online with people they are going to be dropping reboot cards as it's called that your surviving member can pick up your reboot card run to one of these reboot vans and you will be brought back into the game so while this is happening the, a notice of some kind goes out showing all of the enemies in the area that somebody is being spawned there, whether it's one, two, three, apparently it'll tell them not only how many, but where it's happening. And they can now come and look for you while you're 
being spawned in, I would assume it's going to take some amount of time to spawn the person. There is going to be a cooldown period as well. So say you use the van and run off, somebody else is trying to respawn one of their teammates. They can't go to that van anymore until this cooldown period is over. Uh, I think this is exciting. This isn't the first time that Fortnite has kind of adopted some from, from Apex Legends. They... Um, at the very beginning of the season, they did take the pinging option and the communication. So you could say, here's shotgun ammo. Here is a, you know an atom- assault rifle or whatever. That was taken directly from Apex Legend. I'm sure there's probably a ton of people that hate this. They say Epic is stealing. Oh, my goodness. Whatever. It, you know what? These were great game mechanics um, that Apex Legend is doing better than the way Fortnite was doing it. And Fortnite took them so that it was now better and i don't have any problem with that i think that this is how we get better games somebody does something really good you know you had uh what what battle um oh pubg excuse me pubg so you had pubg then fortnite did better version of that and people seem to be loving it more and it became more popular and now you have apex legends right on the heels of fortnite so fortnite's doing what it's doing to adapt and to grow and keep people playing and i i honestly don't really care you know if i like both games so let's get into the best sellers this week right at the top of the list again final fantasy 7 followed by yoshi's crafted world cuphead celeste minecraft in the fifth spot baba is you followed by stardew valley super smash brothers ultimate Enter the Gungeon, which is 50% off this week. So it's $7.50. That pushed it into the ninth spot. And then in the last spot, rounding it out, we have a Brain Buster, which is 75% off, putting it at a whopping 50 cents. So that's the top 10. Now we have two new additions. These are new games that are, they, they didn't quite hit that top 10, but we wanted to give them a shout out if they at least made the top 30. And in the 14th spot, we have Power Rangers Battle for the Grid, followed by Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. That's in the 19th spot. All right, so let's get into the games. So the new releases for the week of April 8th to April 14th, the retail releases, we actually have one. It comes out on April 9th, and it is Neo Atlas, $14.69. That is a $50 retail release. But as far as digital downloads, we have much, much more to talk about. April 8th, Jungle Z is $13. April 9th, we have Out There, The Alliance for $15, followed by Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney Trilogy for $30. On April 10th, we have Cook, Serve, Delicious 2 for $13. Switch and Shoot for $4. The Mystery of Woolly Mountain for $13, but it's on sale for $9.75. Then on the 11th, we have Back to Bed for $5. Bot Vice for $10. Box Align for $2. Doggy Ninja, The Golden Mission for $8. Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, $30. Reigns, Game of Thrones for $4. Shadowgate for $20. Silence for $40. Superstar Path for $5. The Demon Crystal 
for 10, Vaporum for 25, Way of the Passive Fist for 15. And then on the 12th, we have Rolling Sky for 11 and Street basketball for six dollars now we always go back to the top and kind of call out some of the games that stood out to us obviously bots is not here to call out his games but i will say that there's a couple that stood out to me the number the first one i would say is jungle z for 13 dollars. now this this is an interesting game it's it's essentially a survival like um a zombie survival game very reminiscent of last day on earth if you've played it on mobile which i have and i really enjoyed it and you basically you start with nothing and you're kind of scavenging scavenging for materials so you can build a shelter you can build some armor and maybe you go out hunting these camps and getting more stuff this looks very similar a little bit more of an uh, like a cartoony style but it's interesting 13 dollars. i don't know i would wait for me for that to go on sale, but it's definitely on the wish list. Now, the next one, I was thinking the same thing, and that is Out There, The Alliance. If you've ever played FTL, it kind of is similar. You're essentially, you, you your character wakes up and you're in the middle of space and you're trying to figure out what happened to you, but you're also trying to build relationships and work on your ship and gather resources. Again, I'm, I, there's a theme here. I like these gathering games. It's it seems really interesting until I looked it up and I realized it's $4 on mobile. Well, I would much rather pay $4 on mobile to play this game as opposed to 15. If it's something you have to have, I think it's 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 a good game. It looks really good, but I'm not going to pay the $15 for it when I could have it for 4. It did go on the wish list though. Now, another game that's on the wish list is Vaporum. Now, this is a grid-based dungeon crawler RPG in the original steampunk setting. And basically, you, your character, is stranded in the middle of an ocean in front of a gigantic tower. And then you go into this tower because there's obviously nowhere else to go. And you start solving puzzles to figure out what is going on. Where are you? Who are you? Why are you there? And you have to solve these puzzles. This one looks really good. It's $25, so it's a little, little on a pricier side when it comes to download games. Uh, but if you're thinking Mist, you're in the right ballpark. It made me think it felt very much like Mist to me, which has me excited because I haven't played a game like that in a while. It does control like Mist too. So that could be jarring if you're not familiar with it. And what I mean is you you figure out a, di- a direction. It's on a grid. So you figure out your direction and you move and you move like in tiles basically. So apparently there's the option to turn that off and you can move kind of like free roam. But if you've ever played Mist or any of those types of games, you understand the idea of like you're clicking to go in a direction and you can turn and then go into the next direction and solve the puzzles that way, which doesn't doesn't bother me. I like the looks of this game. It seems to be very beautiful. I like the idea of the puzzle mechanics, and I haven't played a game like that in a while, so it is on the wish list for sure. The last, or well, not the last, the second to last is Way of the Passive Fist for 15. This one is a timing and rhythm-based combat 2D side-scrolling game. If you think uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, if you picture that game or Street Fighter, 
that look, that aesthetic, then you've got the right idea for Way of the Pacifist. It looks like it would belong right next to those in the arcade, which is that's cool. I I like that about it. I can I can really get into that. The reason I selected this is I thought it was interesting because you are using the passive fist technique. So your character, the Wanderer, um, basically has to outlast the foes by deflecting the moves. You're not fighting. You're actually parrying and trying to move around them until you wear them out. And then that's when you defeat them. You can also create your own difficulty setting, which is weird. I've never heard of this. You know, it's usually easy medium hard like legendary or something like that well in this game you can adjust the gameplay settings to customize your own uh difficulty level and depending on how much you want to challenge yourself and then you can name it and that's your difficulty setting so maybe you have multiple people playing and they're playing on you know michael's kick butt difficulty challenge and everything's maxed out or something like that now you've got your own settings. That's kind of interesting. I, I haven't played any games that let me customize it that way. But for me, the pick of the week is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. I think I said her name correctly. It's a $30 game. It is absolutely my pick. It looks gorgeous. This game is from Ninja Theory, who also made Heavenly Sword, uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, and DMC Devil May Cry. It looks gorgeous basically it's set in the viking age um, and you play as a broken celtic warrior who embarks on a haunting vision quest into viking hell to fight the soul or fight for the soul of her dead lover this was built in collaboration with neuroscientists and people who have experienced psychosis and it will sort of get you in the mind of this character as she's sort of losing touch on reality. Apparently, there's no HUD. There's no direction. It's it's very much story-based, very, very beautiful. It seems extremely conceptual because you're trying to visualize and, and, and illustrate what it's like to have this sort of psychosis and have you, you know, going deeper and deeper into your own mind and as she's losing touch. How do you visually represent that, right? So it's very conceptual. It looks gorgeous, as I said. It looks brutal and amazing. And I think you're going to love the main character but and, and probably feel for the main character, but it also has this really gritty nature of it. It also seems like you're not meant to trust what you're seeing in the game. Things pop up, things disappear as your character is losing touch you don't know what to believe. It just seems so interesting to me. I don't think it's a long game. A couple of the the, uh, playthroughs that I read about said it took them roughly six to 10 hours. So it's not a huge game, but it just seems like a must play game. I'm definitely putting that on the wish list. And I think that's going to be a buy and maybe even a stream. I just think it seems really, really interesting. Now that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show what you playing and for me it's it's really been one game one game as i said last week i'm going back through my library i'm trying really really hard to you know finish games finally i've got so many games that i've started that i either got burnt out on or something new popped up and i was really excited to play that so i jumped to that well right now my game that i've gone back to and i have fallen in love with again is steam world heist 
I already mentioned, we all know I'm a big SteamWorld fan. We already know that SteamWorld Quest is coming out like within two weeks or something like that. Um, but SteamWorld Heist is just so, so fun. I'm really, really getting into it. I, I probably made it maybe halfway when I kind of went off and played other stuff. I'm going through, I'm beating everything 100%. Uh, and it is, it's difficult. There's some levels where you can play through and you're just having a great time and it's easy and you coast right through. And then there's others where you're kind of just struggling along and I cannot get a star to save my life. Now, if you, if you're not familiar with SteamWorld Heist, I will say that this is, um, like a turn-based strategy game, essentially. So, you, you know, your characters, you get control of your characters. Sometimes you can go in with one. Sometimes you go with four, up to four. That's been the most I've had so far. And each character has their own traits. Some can use heavy fire weapons. Some can use sniper-style weapons. Some have uh, extra abilities you can build onto them, depending on their level. And if you're moving through with, let's say, three, you have limited space for how far you can go you make that characters move and you it's kind of like chess you're watching where the other characters are how far can they move are they going to be able to get a hit on you before you get a hit on them if you've played mario uh and rabbits that's that's a perfect example of this type of game but in my mind steamworld heist is is the character and the charm of it you're controlling a ragtag motley crew of space pirates basically and i can only compare it to a mix of uh if you think firefly would be a good example and guardians of the galaxy right so you have essentially these pirates that are bad and they somehow are now in charge of saving the galaxy that's what this game is you're you're basically playing firefly guardians of the galaxy except with robots and it's amazing. So if you haven't played it, if that's a style game you like, it's an it's a must play. I think you will love it. And you're welcome because it's it's wonderful. But that that's it. There you have it. That is it for the show. I hope everybody is having a wonderful night. I hope you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, if you want to reach out to us at, at all, please do. You can follow us at Dispatch Podcast on Twitter. We have a Twitch account now where we stream. We also have a Discord. So reach out to us, email us, feel free to tweet to us, anything you like. We are here and we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.